Some ships are made out of wood. Some ships are made of steel. But the best ships are made out of friendship. And friendships are built at camp. This is First Class Counselors, another innovative podcast brought to you by Camp Hacker. First Class Counselors is dedicated to young and up-and-coming camp mavericks. By equipping and empowering our on-the-ground staff, camp directors can rest easy knowing that our campers are having the true life-changing experience that parents expect. Find our show notes and our blog for camp leaders and professionals at camphacker.tv. Hello, camp pros. This is Oliver Gregan. My pronouns are he, him, and I'm the executive director at YMCA Camp Winona in Leon Springs, Florida. And my name is Matt Wilfred. My pronouns are he, him, and I'm the executive producer of podcasting at Go Camp Pro, and you are listening to First Class Counselors. This is a series for camp directors to give to their counselors as they hire and prepare them for the upcoming summer. Because great camp directors know, like we say every time, that counselors have the most important job at camp and their abilities and how well they can facilitate things like cabin bonding will make or break a camper's week. So really the counselors hold the keys to a camper coming back year after year. So that's why we do what we do here on First Class Counselors. So thank you for tuning in to First Class Counselors. Here we're going to cover one specific topic. The essentials as fast as we can. It's the need to knows. They can't go without. The fundamentals. The basics. So let's get right into it. What are we talking about today? We're talking about bonding. How do we make sure that our campers leave with strong, long-lasting friendships? And we're going to start off with our theories. Why is camp this breeding ground for friendship and the strong bonds that come out of camp in the first place? So Matt, what's your theory? If you were a scientist studying the petri dish of overnight summer camp and day camps, what what's the thing that makes it work so well? I really like that you use breeding ground uh, because it makes you think of festering friendships. Um, because really, that's that's what it's all about, right? Um, but I, I, for me, I, I can definitely speak to my experience here. Is that Camp is all about belonging and especially the good camps are all about making sure that people belong when they're there, whether it's the staff or the campers, but specifically with the campers, no matter what is going on outside their life, they belong at camp. So maybe they are having a rough experience in school where they're having trouble making friends. Maybe things aren't great at home. Maybe something is going on with their family regardless of all of that, they have the opportunity if they come to camp to step into this world where we treat people um, all amazingly. We don't treat people the same because that's not what it's all about. We treat people like they belong, like their individual gifts and talents are so very welcome in that community. And, and that was my story for sure. Right. I had a, I had a high school experience that was like good at best, tolerable at best. And, um, you know, I, I was a camper for a while before that, but when I was in LIT, I really learned that lesson of, of what true positive community looked like. And for sure, there were struggles and, and stuff like that at, at camp, but I never felt like for a second that anything less than me was not welcome. You know what I mean? Like that for me was the, the pivotal moment in my life um, that really moved it forward. And I, I'm so grateful for camp for that experience of belonging and true, true belonging for one of the first times in my life. So I think I, I would venture to say that other kids uh, feel like that at camp. And that's why those friendships that are formed at camp are lifelong friendships or have the potential to be at least. Yeah, here comes Matt reminding me that there are more than one reasons and great answers to this question of what makes camp so great. 
uh, as far as the friendships that are built. Uh, for me, I go in a little other direction. And I say, I love the first time experiences that happen at camp, right? Whether it's a kid who gets to get in a canoe for the first time, or it's on the climbing wall or shooting an arrow, it's all these different first time experiences that they're having. And for those of you, everyone in the world has had first time experiences. And sometimes they are challenging and scary. And what camp does is it puts people around you who are also having those first time experiences. There's people there who can connect with you um, with these sometimes difficult experiences. Um, they sometimes involve problem solving or this need to ask for help for other people to get involved for you to accomplish this task. And I think that's what really makes these strong bonds is you're put into a place of vulnerability where there are people who feel the same vulnerability, but are also there to say, hey, I'm here to help and go through this experience together. And I feel like that is just a melting pot that once you let it cool down, creates this extremely strong bond of people, which is why when you have this camp friend who you haven't seen in a really, really long time, you come back together and you see each other, you can still have those amazing connections uh, because that bond doesn't break that easily because you have those first time experiences you always connect on. And this, and the cool thing is, and one thing that I learned when I was kind of getting into the camp world was when we are kids, we are filled with firsts, so many first time experiences of things that are new to us. And then as we get older, these start to stretch out. Like we, you know, you can only experience a first one time and with kids, um, there's so many happening right there and then, but as we become adults, they become fewer and far between. With that being said, as an adult, you can still find first time experiences to have with friends. And I urge you and seek you, um, to, or, and I ask you to seek out to do the same. And as a counselor, uh, as you go into your next summer, think about how many first year kids are experiencing so you can be there to help those bonds be created. Now, when those bonds are being created, you as a counselor have control of that from day one, right? What are you doing when those kids first arrive to make sure that you're setting the stage for them to start becoming friends? Now, Matt, what, what are you doing day one? Kids are arriving on camp. You want to make sure that they're going to be strong friends. What's your secret uh, little day one bonding tricks? Mm, for sure. My my go-to as a camp director and as a camp counselor are welcoming ninjas. And I don't think I've talked about this yet on the podcast, um, but whether I have or not, I think it's worth repeating because it was one of my most successful strategies of helping people bond. And what you're doing is you're leveraging um, those who have a returning camp experience, whether or not they're in your cabin, preferably if they are in your cabin. I think usually you'll have at least one or two um, returning campers, hopefully. Um, if not, you can ask other ones. But a welcome Welcoming Ninja is essentially you front load to that person and it can be on the first day. You don't have to like email them ahead of time or anything, but you say, um, okay, I want you to be a welcoming ninja for this camper who is brand new at camp. And you're saying to this to them in like secret, really play up the drama of it. And you can say, you know, it's their first time at camp. We want to make sure they feel super welcome. So your job is this. And you tell them, you say, I want you to make sure they always have a spot to sit it doesn't have to always be beside you, but just make sure they have a spot to sit. Make sure they know what's going on, any inside jokes, any stories, any locations. Make sure that you or someone else is pointing it on. And by the end of the second day at camp, I want you to, um, I want you to find out two cool facts about them and come report back to me. 
And that kind of little game that you set up there, just make sure that, you know, of course you as the counselor are going to be looking out for that person, but within the first couple of days, you have this secret agent working for you to work with them and um, make sure that 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 person's experience is great. So maybe you are leading um, canoeing and those two people are, are over at archery. You know that while that kid's at archery, there's at least someone else that's looking out for him and they're building a friendship like that. And the goal of it is they never find out. You never find out until it was your second year, until it's your second year at camp when you get asked to be a welcoming ninja for somebody else. It's not meant to be found out. It's supposed to just be something that goes by the wayside. Um, but it's to create somewhat of a genuine connection between two campers because, you know, a 12 year old camper who you're giving this assignment to, um, they're not really going to realize that it's a completely fabricated situation. I, I bet you that the, just the chemistry of hanging out together at camp is going to do its magic all on its own. You are just kind of influencing it, which is really what, what we're talking about this whole episode. Yeah, I'm sure that some of your welcoming ninjas even forget that job after day one or two, and you're coming up to remind them, hey, what are the two cool facts? And then, you know, pull it together real quick for the answer. Yeah. Ooh, but that friendship already started once they knew that they had a goal to connect with that person and, and be there to support them after day one. That's fantastic. Um, my big one, and I, as a camp director now, am on top of it. It's one of my biggest ones is name tags. Um, we do tree cookie name tags here at Camp Winona. It's our big thing that I'm really trying to influence even year round when guests are coming, our board, whoever, I want them all to have a name tag. And the reason for that is I want everyone to feel invited and like they know that everyone in this community is part of this community. So one, that name tag means that there's never this time where I'm going to go around camp and be like, oh, who's this person? right? They're going to know everyone on camp and everyone's going to know them right from the back. So there's no issue of, I don't know someone's name. And the best part is if you're a camp that does camp names, they can have their camp name on one side, their real name on the other side. Um, the way I have mine is I have my camp, I have my, my name on the front and on the back, I have something that I, my little secrets. And when um, campers come to ask me, they can figure out what the secret is on the back of my name tag. And I'll keep that a secret here on the podcast. If anyone ever comes to camp or catches me with my name tag at like a conference or something, because I do wear them to the conferences, um, you'll, you can ask me what's on the backside of the name tag, see what the little secret is. And I do that on night one of camp, like in my opening speech to all of camp, I'm like, oh yeah, there's a secret there. And so my counselors have now picked up on it. So it's just a way. And it's really cool because when someone learns your little secret on the back of your name tag, they connect a little bit with you a little bit more because they're like, oh, I know something about them that um, is that matters to them. And if I have a secret on my own name tag, they have a secret that's mine. And it's completely harmless, which is great. Um, yeah, so I think that's super, super important. And I think um, if your camp has some type of a name tag, you should be wearing those at the very least, the very, very least, everyone should be wearing them for the first three days, days of camp, if not every single day of camp. And if you ask my staff, I always have my name tag on during a camp day. Um, I've been known to sleep and I have photographic evidence that I once accidentally got onto a plane while wearing my tree cookie name tag. So you can wear it. It's not impossible. It's a really easy task and it can help make the bonds at your camp a little bit stronger. Matt, what's your second point? 
Yeah, my second one is, is kind of right along along the lines of that one is just knowing the power of knowing people's names right off the start. And I'll give you and, and that they're using each other's names. And the name tags will definitely help with that. But even if you're using name tags, um, I think that there's something really powerful about somebody getting to say their name in a group of people because it's also maybe campers have names that yeah. are different to pronounce from just seeing it on a name tag, um, or maybe their pronouns are uh, or something that that doesn't align with what what we might stereotypically think stereotypically think their name is. So there's a couple of great exercises that you can do in terms of you know the the traditional name games. I love I learned something from Ruby Compton on I think it was a Camp Code podcast. It probably was because they say brilliant things on the Camp Code podcast about how when you're gathering names to go around with a whiteboard and you ask them to spell out their names like how how do you spell your name and how do you say it. And you're just writing it down, but you're actually learning from them as you go in and the rest of the cabin is hearing it. I'll give you a game that, that I love. It's a tried and true one. Um, it's called name ripple. And the way that it works is you, you're standing in a circle and you say your name and something associated or, and an action associated with your name. It can be whatever it wants. So, so I remember when I played it once, I said, Matt, and I slapped my hand on the ground like a doormat. That was just my action. And then what happens is everyone in the circle, one after the other, goes, Matt, 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 Matt. And it goes around the circle. And it's not like the memory game where you have to remember the last person and keep going. It's literally just you say your name and you do the action. And at the very end, you can try as a group to do everyone's action in a like supersonic speed. It takes a good couple of minutes, but the point is that everyone is saying that person's name. So if their name is Rena, everyone is saying Rena, 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 all the way around, and they're pronouncing it right the whole time. And as a counselor, you need to be persistent and say like, no, 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 we need to make sure it's right. Even if it's something a little bit tricky, we want that we want to make sure that everyone is doing it the right way right off the start. Because what better way to feel like you belong than when your cabin mates all know your name and know how to pronounce it correctly? So. You might do a circle of intros, name and pronouns first, and then go whatever you want to do um, to set that activity up for success. But uh, just getting people to say each other's names right off the bat. Another quick one that I thought was really, really cool is that when someone you play like keep it up with a big beach volleyball um, and when somebody hits it, everyone says the name until it comes back down and touches the next person. So it's like, Matt, 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 Oliver, 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 Oliver. So just kind of fun that way. So there's two quick name games for you. Yeah, there you go. And got the, got the topics right off the bat. Um, I like to say, just say, when you meet someone, try to say their name in a sentence, three different sentences, three times, right? So Matt, it's so nice to meet you. Um, I love your headset, Matt, and I can't wait till we get to dinner, Matt, because it's going to be delicious. And that will help you keep that person's name in your brain. Uh, and also you can start thinking about dinner really quickly. Um, <laughs> also about the name tags, something Matt kind of brought up a little bit, uh, was you can customize name tags too. So you can add stickers, you can put pronouns on there. Uh, so make sure that you make your name tag your own. And that way people can identify some things about you when they first meet you as well. Um, my second point here for just that day one of bonding is if there's those traditions at camp, a lot of camps, and this is one big one for me, is camp songs. If your camp has a song or your village has a song in the camp, all these types of things, those integrated kind of traditions it's really awkward for a first time camper to not know the song, right? Everyone starts singing. They know it. They're part of this community. And then the new campers are all kind of sitting there in the group just going, uh, uh, you know, maybe trying to hum along, pretend like they know, but 
uh, it's a real struggle. So if you know that moment is coming, your camp is a very traditional camp where like even on the first night, there is some type of camp song that is saying, make sure you take that 10, 15, 20 minutes to get everyone in your cabin at the very least, the very least able to hum along to the tune of the song, right? Because um, not everyone's a singer, all right? Some people are hummers. This person is a hummer. I will hum along to the song. I can sing a good camp song, but when it needs voice and some some ability to actually hit a note or a rhythm or a beat or um, whatever, those other things are important in music. I am not your person. I will. I'm there to hum. I hold the signs up really well. The yep. cards, song cards. That's I'm fantastic at that. Great shoulders can do it. Um, but yeah, I'm not the song person, but, um, still doing something like that will help everyone be a part of the community because they all feel as one. And there's a lot of little things like that in the first day, whether it's a t-shirt, getting a phone, uh, getting a photo taken in the cabin, making sure that everyone feels like they're part of that community from day one, little things that you can do. And I think the camp song is a bigger one because it's a really awkward moment when you can't sing with the group or you can't hum along. So that's my second one. Uh-huh. So as we move through our session of camp, it's not just about day one, but it's about making sure we create these bonds throughout the week or even just in the middle of the day. Um, so we're going to talk about that a little bit. Matt, what's your first little trick to make sure that somebody feels like they are becoming part of the group, but it's midweek, right? We've gotten to know each other a little bit, but now we really want to solidify what's going on with our cabin. Uh-huh. I'm going to cheat a little bit on this one, Oliver, just because you might need to set this one up in the first couple of days, but it's something that goes goes on throughout the week. Um, I remember very clearly when I was a second year, second or third year camper and I got to camp and someone that wasn't my camp counselor handed me this little envelope with a wax seal on it. And, and I, it was said, open this after your parents leave. Don't let anybody else see. And so I, so I hid it away and I opened it up and inside it said, welcome to the secret society of random acts of kindness. There's the secret kindness society or the, or the league of gentlemen, whatever, it, whatever it was. Um, and it gave a story about how rabbit hutch, which was the cabin I was staying in for years was this cabin of, of, um, of extraordinary young gentlemen who did good deeds for people around them. And now it is your, you know, as a blank year old, person in rabbit hatch it is your time to take up this responsibility meet with your cabin at 4:45 before the swim test to to find out more something like that um but you know if you don't have time for the grand entrance that that was which was which was friggin cool um the whole thing of doing random acts of kindness throughout the week uh, and kind of both my tips are around like secretive things is that you're doing you're doing stuff that's like sneaky together um i i still i have a camp friend who we talk about all the time how the first time that her and i met was while we were um, hiding during a game, during a, a, an evening program game of camouflage uh, or, or something like capture the flag or something like that. And we were hiding like in a bush together and we literally just got to know each other the entire time rather than playing the game. And it was super fun, but just those moments of like sneakiness, but doing random acts of kindness is kind of cool because you are helping people feel better. So you're surrounding yourself in the camp values and doing um, cool stuff for other people in a positive way. And that kind of builds, you know, any experience, I think as we're going to talk about this whole podcast, any experience shared together uh, is a chance for bonding to happen. And uh, so you as a counselor just come up with different ways to do it and random acts of kindness is totally just one of those ways to build an experience together because making people happy is a, a sticky good feeling no i love 
one part I love about that little envelope you're talking about is that anticipation. You give it to the camper and you're like, you're going to keep the secret. Don't let anybody see you open it. Uh, I love, cause I know that that camper, like just didn't know what to do in that moment. Like, <gasps> and, oh, yeah. and it's like, all right, yeah. keep this into the bag. Don't let, don't let anybody see it. And then they waited for that moment. And I think that just built it up so much. And then to know that they were part of something at the end of it. Right. Even if that camper came in on that day at camp, got that letter, was really nervous, you know, hit it, is wondering what's in that letter the whole day, gets into their cabin. Maybe meshing is a little bit of a challenge right off the bat. They're holding off on opening the letter until they can do it without anybody seeing. And then that night, you know, with their flashlight and everyone's going to bed, they open the letter at their bunk and they see and they find out, oh, I am going to be a part of something this week. I am going to be with this group of people um, who are going to be you know, doing something I think is really cool. Like being nice to other people. There's no one who's going to throw that letter away and be like, Oh, I don't want to be a part of this. It's like, right. Oh, I'm part of something that's going to help change right. and make things better. And I think a lot of people will really enjoy that. Um, for me, I'm going to go a little bit less secretive. Um, and I'm going to talk a little bit about uh, just doing some mini tasks. I love um, forming friendships through tasks and jobs. Um, my, Love language is, uh, what is it? Acts of kindness or acts of service. Acts of service. So th- yeah. that's really where I respond. Yeah, that's where I respond. So whenever you're working together on a project, something like that, that hits me. So my first is mini tasks. And they can even be like, for lack of a better way of calling them, dumb tasks. Um, but <laughs> one I really love is my campers will like get to like the door of a building. We're about to go outside and it's really sunny out. And I'll like stop everyone and be like, stop. Boys, the sun's out. We need to get across camp, but here's the deal. I don't want one of us, one of us ever at any point in time to be touched by the blazing sun. And most importantly, I don't want us to end the trip that is the sunshine from the sun to the earth, right? And then they all wonder about it. There's this really cool fact if you were wanting to do this with your kids. Sunlight travels like seven years or something like that to get to earth, you know, from the surface of the sun to get to earth, it takes that long. And then if you hold your hand out and you create shade, you are starting stopping those little particles of light from getting to the surface to earth just before they have reached their destination. So you shouldn't stop them from getting there. They don't think about this when you actually explain the game, which is putting yourself in the shade so that you can get from one side of camp to the other without ever letting sunlight touch you. And you'll be amazed by what campers will do. Like they'll put towels over their head and then like, you'll have like this giant turtle shell of towels, like walking across camp, um, trying to get from A to B to avoid the sunlight. And it's a great one. Another one I really love is um, you have like a water jug or something like that. And you say, we need to get this water to the other side of camp or whatever it might be, or we need to get this water to archery or to so-and-so but we can't use this bottle anymore. It's dissolving in my hands. And also you just start to pour it out and they have to try and catch it with their hands or with other things they have. Sometimes they say, don't do it with a man-made item that makes it super challenging because then they're trying to collect it with like sticks and rocks, which are not super (laughs) great at carrying water. And they have to get that water across camp. And this is the kicker is It's just a dumb activity. It's just getting you from the dining hall to the cabin, from the waterfront to archery. That's all it is. But it's giving them something more to think about while they're getting from A to B. It also means they're not going to get distracted by Gaga along the way because they're so focused on what they're doing. You're not going to have those little distractions getting in the way. 
they're going to be more focused on getting to where you need to be. Uh, and it's just a really fun way to see how creatively they can problem solve together to accomplish whatever task it is. Mm-hmm. And you know what? If they can't figure it out and you just move and you walk from A to B and you just go, man, I wonder how we could have done that better next time. And then the conversation the whole time with them problem solving and thinking about how they could go about um, taking on that challenge uh, the next day. And then sometimes they ask you, they're like, can we try to move the water? Can we try to avoid the shade today? Or can we, sorry, avoid the sun? And it, you see their eyes are just open to the task. And I think it's a great one. So um, with that being said, Matt, what's your other little secret bonding activity? Yeah, very simple. It's gratitude. Uh, making, sharing your gratitude with other people um, has this hot wiring ability to help people feel closer together. So at every opportunity you can do, um, some people think of it from, you know, in a Christian context, but obviously it doesn't have to be. Um, tons of world religions talk about gratitude, but uh, non-denominationally, gratitude is a way that you can just share with other people how you're feeling. And then when you are grateful about the same thing, there's this really cool connection that happens with people. And maybe even as your week goes on and people get more comfortable with each other, you can talk about um, other people and say like, who is someone that you're grateful for today? Or any of those activities where kids explicitly, kids and staff and people of any ages, explicitly need to kind of talk about each other and build those connections. You know, you have to do it at the right time. You can't do it too early or else it's awkward. It's once they've started to feel close, but any gratitude, specifically people gratitude is a great way to bring a group of people together um, and just generally get the good vibes going. I think that's so important to you today. Like I know as a, as a person who's starting to get older, I'm starting to be that old person who goes, man, these kids should just be more thankful for all the things they're lucky to have. Um, back in my day, it was, you know, but it sometimes it's just teaching, um, being grateful and teaching that gratitude, gratitude, gratitude. Yeah. Um, so that kids, kids, even us as staff members can learn to appreciate all the wonderful things that we appreciate in a day. There's a really great, uh, Andy Dwyer quote from the office that you made me think of where he says something along the lines. I wish there was a way for us to recognize that we were in the good old days while they were happening, something like that. Uh, yeah, you can go yeah, and yeah. check out the office uh, and see what the real quote is. But um, I had one of those moments a few days ago, and I like literally took out my phone and like, took a Snapchat of all of us sitting around a table eating uh, fast food with my staff at like 10, 11 o'clock at night. And I was like recognizing the good old days and just being grateful. Okay. Mm, that's great. I love with that. With that being said, yeah. I, and I was just happy that I had that chance to notice it. So let's really quickly just cut into activities that we think help strength and bonds here at camp. Um, Really, what are they for you, Matt? What kind of helps strengthen those bonds at camp? What are the core places that you'll go and see those grateful moments of us bonding? Yeah, I'll start with I'll start with a non-program area. I, I think Oliver, you have a couple of those that you you um, you've probably actually seen in practice this past summer. But the one that I always keep coming back to is meals. Um, my camp experience growing up, we ate family style in our cabins for um, for for my entire camp career. There were some meals where it was like sit where you want, but it was always with with your cabin. And you as a counselor have a great opportunity to run some uh, cabin bonding experiences. Again, either through explicit things like uh, getting a list of questions corresponding to the number on two dice, right? I think I've talked about this one before on the podcast. They roll two dice, they answer a question, and they're just wacky, bizarre questions, not not 
anything. You want them to be laughing. It's fun. Um, I can share some of those in the show notes. I, I made some at one point. And, uh, or do experiences, things that are challenging, like a random utensil meal. Ask the kitchen staff first and go in and get the weirdest utensils you can find. Like one of those weird like poached eggs egg picker upper things or giant tongs or the big things that they use to like chop and flip the ground beef. Those are things that they have to eat with for that meal. If they're comfortable doing that, um, making sure obviously there's no food waste. Uh, but another one of my favorites is a tied together meal where you tie together with the campers consent, you tie together one or two people and they have to eat in tandem. Um, even three people is really funny. If you have a brave person who wants to be in the middle and be controlled on both sides by someone, um, it's kind of interesting. And just, to, you know, just something to change things up. Check with your camp director first. Check that that's okay, an okay part of your culture. I know that's different for some camps. Um, but any way that you can spice up mealtime because you do it so often together that it can kind of get boring and get the same. You don't need to do it for every meal. Every meal doesn't need to be a gimmick, uh, especially if you are doing something right after the meal, but meals are an opportunity that we shouldn't, um, we shouldn't just throw away as a time just to eat at camp. Yeah. I'm not going to so much target an activity in this because I think like climbing and high ropes, canoeing, team sports, um, projects, team building games. I think those are all great. I think almost everything you do on camp, as far as programming goes, you are going to start to form some form of bonding. I think everything's kind of a great opportunity for it. You'll find the way. Uh, as you're doing it. The one thing that I always want to note on, and I see counselors really struggle with this sometimes, is ending on a high note. Uh, you'll be running a great program, great, 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 great program. And you maybe have, you know, 10 minutes left. And then all of a sudden, there's just this great moment. You know, it might be um, someone tells a great joke. It might be um, somebody uh, scores this huge goal, like a really amazing, like kickflip. And it's not like a timed game. It's just you go all fooling around. Uh, it might be, you know, some lax time in team building or something, but anyways, you end on a high note. So as long as everyone's had their turn, everyone's had their opportunity. Um, you're not killing the vibe or anything. Um, by doing this, um, take that amazing moment and end with it. Say like, oh man, this is great. And I, I actually might give a shout out. I think Ruby Compton has talked about this um, on, um, on uh, the Camp Code podcast. So I'm not new at this. And a lot of team builders know this. It's ending on that note so that they can have that moment. You don't want to end. And then all of a sudden you have 10 minutes of just this weird nonchalant or something goes horribly wrong afterwards. Um, cause you, cause you allow somebody to persist longer than it needs to find that high life of it and end there. And then the best part is that's the moment your kids are going to remember. That's what they're going to walk away with. They're going to be so excited about that. Um, and if there was like five, 10 minutes left in that activity, either a find something else to do for that 10 minutes, just to be like, Oh man, we're going to end on that. Let's just do shootouts, right. For, for the rest of the time. That was great. Or, you know, um, Let's like just go grab some water to finish up the day. We can't beat that. It was great. Um, be okay with ending on a high note and let your kids enjoy those sure. moments. Um, don't miss out on it. Mm. Uh, Matt, is there something else you wanted to add here? Well, I, I love the, that that idea of end it while it's fun. 
right? That's that's I think Carl Ronk, uh, the late Carl Ronk, was one of the, the people that coined that phrase, right? Um, and I, I think about that all the time. Uh, and speaking of fun things, I think any chance where we can add a little bit of like cabin versus cabin competition. I think it was last podcast I talked about like the cabin decorating competition. Um, obviously, healthy competition. We want to talk about how to be good sports people. That's more important than winning, losing, et cetera, et cetera. But any chance that you can have to have a cabin compete, even if it's competing against themselves, like Oliver said, with the with the shading against the something, there's some competition in there um, because achieving something together is a powerful moment. So whether that is in a wide game, uh, if, if your camp is doing color games, really pumping up the, the chance for them to work together with their cabin mates to achieve uh, a, a victory in competition or, or a good effort in competition, I think will, will go a long way in terms of cabin bonding. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And then for me, like the other thing, I just want to make sure that, you know, we end on a high note, but we also allow that golden moment to happen. You know, when you finish your program, whatever it might be, you're going to see your kids are all talking to each other about what just happened. Let them do that. Don't interrupt that moment. I know we've talked about it here on the show before, um, but really just let them have that moment. If you were part of it, be a part of it. Um, but, you know, that's where you can kind of like lean back a little bit, sit there. And, you know, I talked about it. You know, I had that little golden moment the other day and it's going to sit there in the back of my head. And that's a great memory for years to come. So let your kids have it too. And that, I think that's really important. And then finally, Matt, let's just talk about sealing this bond. How do we make sure that, you know, at the end of the week, when our campers leave, that they're going to leave with these memories of camp? You know, what can I as a counselor do? Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I think this is it's important. The last thing that we do is it leaves a lasting impression. And I would always try to encourage counselors not just to do it the last night, but what is the last thing, the last chance that you have as a cabin together to do something nice? Um, I mean, nighttime is good because you get the, the feelings going. But uh, one of the classics that you might already know of um, is warm fuzzies, where you get a piece of paper. If your campers are good at writing, um, if they're not, you'll have to think of something else. But they get a piece of paper and they write their name on like the top corner or in the middle of the sheet. And what you do is you pass around the sheet of paper. Everyone gets a chance to write something nice about the uh, about the person whose name is in the middle and then you just spend a good half an hour to an hour doing that together play some music uh, you know really set the tone of gratitude you could start with a gratitude circle or something like that but um, then what you tell the campers to do is you say okay now this is really hard but what I need you to do is I want you to fold that piece of paper up and I want you to pack it in your bag ahead of time because right now isn't when you need those warm fuzzies you're going to need those warm fuzzies when you're at home missing all your camp friends so when you're home and unpacking your bag make sure that it goes somewhere safe because when you take it out you can read it when you're at home and think of all the great memories um, that you had at camp so that's my first one is warm fuzzies what about you oliver i would love to see a camp that does warm fuzzies but they design like a special envelope that every camper gets to stick their warm fuzzies in to mm. save. And it just says like, like break in case of need of warm fuzzies from camp, right? Whatever it might be. And oh, then every camper good. goes home. But like the counselors will like, counselors will like peel the little strip to make it stick. They seal it. And then that way the kids, you know, can take that home with them and they, they have it right there. And they're like looking at it, you know, maybe, you know, come October or November and it's like, mm, is it the day to open that? Like, yeah, I think today's the day. I get mm. to open it and I get to see all those things. That'd be great. 
That's not, it sounds um, like YMCA Campanona is going to be having those this summer. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe it's budget season. So we'll see what I go. We'll see if I can afford the, the envelopes. If not, we'll figure out another way. Maybe a sticker that seals it. You know, you fold it no. and the sticker holds yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I'm also thinking maybe you have a date, maybe your camp for the directors who are listening, maybe you have a date. That's the date that's the warm, fuzzy day and everyone opens on the same day. Right. And that, oh. that's a really great way. Yeah. That's right? cool. Dang, um, Oliver. Man, you're so smart. I know. Ooh, and I have a perfect day for it, everybody. December 21st. Uh, it's winter solstice, longest day of the year. The day you need warm fuzzies the most, right? Because there's so much dark. It's nighttime the whole day, right? There you go. Warm fuzzy days for camp, December 21st. Put it on a sticker, seal it. Everyone holds on to it. Look at, we just changed the camping industry map. Everyone should listen to our podcast. That's brilliant, time. man. It's seriously brilliant. Um, yeah. It goes on to what my thing is, which is I think every camper needs to bring something home at the end of their session, right? Um, whether that's like a little medallion, you know, our tree cookie name tag is really good at that, but like something at the end of the week too that they receive, um, whether it's an award for like something that they did at camp, like best shots in archery, um, I think that's really important. Here at Camp Winona, we do the beads. I've probably talked about them before, but they get their um, core value beads that they earn throughout the week here. Um, if, you know, they did earn them indeed for their honesty, respect, responsibility, and caring. Um, we also this year started giving out ashes. So our opening and closing campfire, we take a little bit of ashes from opening campfire, and a little bit of ashes from closing campfire. They go in a tiny vial and every camper takes those home. So they can collect those throughout the year. And these little ways for a camper to go home with a piece of camp, a piece of memory, something that they can look at and hold on to, I think is extremely important. So find something for your cabin that you can do um, that they all walk home with. Uh, and it doesn't have to be like an expense line, right? It can be a stick that everyone picks on the ground and you make it a wishing stick and everyone keeps that stick every single year. Um, it can be a project that they did in arts and craft that was a legitimate project, you know, not just a drawing or a bunch of glue on top of something, but like something that they feel like they actually made. Those are what things that campers can take home and look at and go and have some pride in the memories that they had when they were at camp. So you as a counselor, hundred percent have control in this, making sure a camper goes home with something. Um, great. And Matt, do you have another way to seal the, seal the bond? Yeah. One of my favorite exercises, and this is again for campers and staff alike, is the this week you made me feel dot, 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 or this week you made me, or this week you dot, dot, dot. Um, everyone sits, you give everyone, um, you pass out a deck of cards um, that you've pre-selected so that there's even suits between all your campers. So 16 campers, four, four hearts, four diamonds, four clubs, four spades. And you say, okay, uh, spades, stand up. Everyone else, close your eyes, lay down, chill out. And you read a series of prompts and the person, uh, the people who are standing and can see, they walk around and tap people on the shoulder or on the leg um, when that statement applies to their experience. So this week you made me laugh, walk around, tap, 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 people who made them laugh, you, you tap. Uh, this week you helped me through a hard time and you can choose to go as deep as you want, inside jokes you can include. Um, but the point is that everybody gets a chance to stand up and tap other people. And you as the welcoming ninja that you are, you as a camp counselor are watching out to make, make sure that people do feel that gratitude um, no matter what. Cause you know, at the end of the week, some people are gonna be more friendly 
trends than others. And it's not your job to make sure that everybody gets tapped all the time, but we want to make sure that everyone is getting, everyone leaves that experience feeling good about themselves. So um, I, you know, I, it's been a great one. It's led me to tears multiple times. And especially I think it's powerful for camps with longer than one week overnight sessions, but I've seen it work in even day camp uh, scenarios as well. So this week you made me feel, you can look it up. Uh, I'll try to find some for the show notes again for you to include. Yeah. And then my last little one is here is just make sure campers write down what camp meant to them. Right. And I think it's really important that they actually sit down and write, you know, at camp, maybe a camper will write a letter home or maybe they'll do some writing on like a camp little project that they're doing. But that idea of sitting down and writing, really thinking out your thoughts and putting it on paper allows you to really think about the experience you have because uh, you put a lot of value into every word you put on the paper because you're, you know, it takes time to write something down. It's not immediate. It's not just a thought that runs through your head. So have your campers sit down there, have a piece of paper, a note card. Um, uh, we do like a pre-made, like five by seven, uh, like postcard that our campers will write on. Um, and then that way, and we collect them all, but have your campers really take that moment to write down what camp meant to them or what their experience was that week so that they can look at it and go, man, like I, I did this. This is what my experience was. They have that reflection period. Uh, and I think that's really important. Uh, make them write it down um, because it will finish that ceiling of the bond. Um, you know, and it also lets them know a little bit of the point we made before about how grateful they are for the experience they just had. And they can think about all the people who helped to make that possible. Um, that thankfulness comes in there too. Uh-huh. So uh, with that being said, that is the show for today, except for one huge thing that we do at the end of every episode, which is our ever-growing, ever-learning time, also known as Eggle. Um, for those of you who are wondering, it's a trick or a tip or a game or a song for counselors to use to better every day. And Matt, you're going to kick us off to start. Perfect. I also think a game, a tip, a trick, or a song for counselors to help as they go along. I think we have a new, that's, that's going to be our new theme song for Eggles, right? Um, you have all the ideas, but I got the rhymes, Oliver. Uh, <laughs> so my it's, Eggles- it's the music, it's the music that you have inside of you that I don't have inside of me. <laughs> and that's why we're co-hosts, Oliver. That's why we're great camp. Friends. There we go. Um, okay, my angle, my angle today is the uh, Duke of Edinburgh's International Award, and this is a little like insider baseball because my uh, my partner works for them. But if you've never heard of the Duke of Ed Award, it's something that I wish I knew about when I was a camp counselor because literally it's an internationally recognized award for doing some of the awesome things that you probably already do as a camp counselor. So it exists internationally. There's chapters in Canada, uh, and, and it works in different ways. But essentially, um, the Duke of Ed gives you um, credit for things like voluntary service, skill development, physical recreation, going on an adventurous journey, and doing um amazing experiences. It's very specific about how you do it. Usually it's like you commit to doing an hour of each of those a week or in some period of time, it, it varies based on how you're doing it, but you sign up for that and it just gives you a really cool framework and um, a little bit of extrinsic motivation for doing some of those things, right? And I look back when I was between the ages of 13 and 25, which are the ages for the Duke of Ed, and um, 
I was doing a lot of those things and didn't even know that this award was out there to help give me, um, you know, recognized on a resume. There's, I think there's some scholarship opportunities that go along with it. You have the chance to meet really cool people doing it. Um, the the award ceremonies that they run. I know, um, that Prince Harry came down for one of the, um, one of the gold ceremonies in Ontario, which was really, really cool. Uh, so you meet cool people, do cool things. And it just, it's that extra little reward for doing all the cool things you do to make the world and yourself a little bit better of a place. So check out the links I put in the show notes, find out how you can sign up and uh, yeah, check out the Duke of Ed. Uh, for my eggle on uh, today, I'm going to give you something that's a little bit Halloween-y themed, but you can do it during the summer as one of your programs to kind of scare the kids. Um, mine is a touch of something scary. So have you ever seen those boxes that you just stick your hand in and then you have to feel inside and oh, figure out so, what you're touching. This is so gross. Um, I, I, I seriously, I'm going to like walk away for the next like two minutes when you're, oh, this is so gross. <laughs> yeah. One of, one of um, the items I like typed it up and Matt wrote next to it. This is so disgusting. I want to vomit. Um, so you can guess which one that is, but it's really great. It's something that you can still do during the summer. Um, especially if you have like a scary day of camp, you know, if you have a theme of Halloween, uh, which you should do, it's a lot of fun. Halloween's a great holiday. People forget about it, you know, yeah. except for Halloween. So, uh, here are my touch of something scaries. Um, first off, take the box. Don't just make it a simple box. Don't just be a cardboard box that kids stick their hands in, go extra, paint it black, draw some bats on it, some pumpkins. If you want to make it Halloween-y. Wrap it in toilet paper, put some googly eyes on it and make it a mummy. Um, you can paint it green and put some bolts out of either side and make it a Frankenstein box. Enjoy making it something that's a little spooky um, if you got the time. If it's summer camp and you're rushing to get it done, have no problem with spray paint in a hole in the box. It works. <laughs> um, <laughs> but here are mine, uh, or at least some of my favorites, marshmallows and water feel like eyeballs. It's super gross. They get kind of slimy too. They do unfortunately dissolve over time. So you do need to replenish your marshmallow eyeballs every um, couple of hours, probably. <laughs> um, the next is hot dogs and carrots. These make great fingers, especially floating in water. If you boil your carrots ahead of time, they become like kind of squishy too. So that really helps. And with hot dogs, what I like to do sometimes is take a macaroni noodle, you stick it into the end of one of the hot dogs and it feels like a little piece of bone sticking out. Oh, dude. Finger. Oh, you're it's killing me. And if you can find a way to get like a nail or something on there, it really helps sell the hot dog uh, as well. Um, I'll talk about nails in a second. Uh, a piece of wet tortilla. Um, is very, very good skin. Um, if you want to touch something that's a little gross, wet tortilla makes great skin. Uh, raisins, um, and then something sticky on them, not too much of it, and even diluted a little bit, so it's not like super like sticky, sticky. Um, but honey or maple syrup work really, really well, except for the fact that they smell really sweet, so it doesn't work the greatest. But if you have something else that's kind of sticky, even like a little bit of like Elmer's glue is fine. It's not a big deal. Um, but that looks and feels a lot like uh, boogers. So you can have like some boogers in there that kids got to touch. Really big ones, you know, like the proud booger pick, you know, is a good raisin. 
Um, some sliced almonds is just a great collection of fingernails. You, know, you stick your hands in there and they, you feel about a thousand fingernails. And then you like, maybe you have the witch who's working the event for if it's Halloween or like if you're a counselor, you have like those really long nails on that time. You're like, I've been collecting for years. Really freaks yeah. kids out. Uh, and then one of my personal favorites, because it is so gross when you stick your hand into it, um, but overcooked rice. Cook some rice with a little bit too much water in there and cook it for like an extra 10, 15 minutes. Make sure it doesn't burn on the bottom um, when you're cooking it, but you'll notice the rice gets really fat. I recommend a good basmati rice or a long grain rice. Uh, but at the end, you'll have this giant pot of rice and it feels like you're sticking your hands into a giant pot of maggots. And oh, it's super dude. gross. It's so gross. I'm seriously going to throw um, up. Like, we, we, oh. uh but yeah those are some of my favorites you can always go online and look up more but those are the ones that i like to use to scare people a little bit um during summer um and you can put like an item in there they gotta guess what's inside or they just gotta guess what they're touching and they just gotta guess what the fake thing is because you want the kids to figure out like to think that they're actually touching something that's super gross and it puts them in the right mindset so with that being said if you enjoyed today's episode, we'd be so grateful if you left us a review wherever you are listening to this podcast. Your ratings and reviews not only help us with what you like and don't like about the show, but it helps boost our rankings and helps more people discover the show. Oh, I can tell you one thing I don't like about the show. Holy moly. If you want to watch <laughs> us on YouTube and see me almost throw up, uh, you can do that. Watch us on YouTube. But uh, also don't forget that to check out all the other GoCamp Pro podcasts out there. You can do that at gocamp.pro slash podcast. We mentioned the Camp Code podcast a couple of times. Uh, they've all gotten started for the year and are all digging into some really juicy topics for camp pros of every age and stage. So make sure you please go check those out. Yeah, I'm excited to have all the podcasts back on. I'm a listener myself, so I've been listening to a lot. The new fundraising podcast uh, that Travis has gotten going is fantastic. I love listening to it um, for those people who are trying to earn a little money for their camp. Um, but with that being said, um, reach out to us. You can find our contacts in the show notes. But thanks for listening, friends. Camp is camp and camp's all good. First Class Counselors is brought to you by Beth and Travis Allison. Summer Camp Leadership Training and Marketing Consultants. Thanks for listening, friends. Hey, Camp Pros. We love that our industry is built on sharing. In order to foster that spirit, if you've gotten even one good idea from a Go Camp Pro podcast, masterclass, from the Summer Camp Professionals Group, a conference, or wherever else, we ask that you give credit where credit is due. That way, it'll encourage Camp Pros to keep freely sharing their ideas and make the camp industry as a whole better.